Welcome to Lessons from Sweet Valley, the podcast where we re-examine the Sweet Valley High series one book at a time and determine what lessons, if any, we can learn from them. My name is Kat Thomas, and today we are discussing Book 21, Runaway. Today we have a special guest to offer a perspective that we have not yet had on this show before, the twin perspective. Welcome, Kelly Keemer. Thank you. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for asking me. Well, I mean, you wrote an amazing message on the Facebook account. And I was like, oh, this is she's the perfect guest for for the podcast. So can you tell us a little about yourself, your history with the series? Yeah. So it's funny because I read these books like crazy when I was a little kid. And I say little kid, I mean, probably middle school aged, I guess. But my personal experience with the books, having read them, I have a twin sister, identical twins. If I remember correctly from the books, they were four minutes apart. And so my sister and I are two minutes apart. So I'm the youngest. So my sister's name is Courtney. And we were blonde hair, blue eyed, identical twins. Um, She's left handed. I'm right handed. So we read the Sweet Valley Kids books when we were real little. Then we moved on to the the Sweet Valley Twins. And then as we got a little bit older, got into the, the high school books. So but she always resonated with Elizabeth and I always resonated with Jessica. And now, yes, which is weird because in hindsight, I'm rereading these books now going, oh my gosh, Jessica's kind of the worst. But then as I keep reading, I'm like, oh yeah, now I remember why. (laughs) Yeah. Tell us about. (laughs) He's so perfect. Like it's, it's nauseating. (laughs) Like, I mean, Jessica's way extreme and off the wall, but at least she's fun, right? I'm not saying Elizabeth isn't fun. I feel like I'm insulting one of of them. Like Elizabeth is too perfect. He's so perfect. Got it. (laughs) I cannot wait to hear your perspectives. I'm probably going to ask you a lot of questions about being a twin, which I'm sure you probably have gotten a lot of in your life. That is okay. One of the most common questions you get asked as a twin, and, and if you've got other people that listen to this that are twins, they can probably speak to this as well. But we get asked all the time, or I do, what's it like to be a twin? And how do you answer that? Like, I, what's it like not to be a twin? Mm-hmm. I don't know. A question just popped in my head that I'm, I've always wanted to sort of ask twins is, in these books, sometimes they have, if something bad happens to Elizabeth, Jessica feels something yeah. before she knows. Yeah. Is that a thing? So, okay. I firmly believe that's a thing. Okay. Have, I personally have not experienced it, but I think it's a thing. I do think that there are twins that experience that. And maybe that's just my wanting to believe that it's a thing. Yeah. But Courtney was once in a really bad car accident. She was in the car with somebody else who was driving and somebody clipped their rear end or their rear bumper and they rolled on the interstate. Oh, wow. And I had no idea. I mean, she went into that. She, thank God she was not injured. They were wearing seatbelts, but their back window got knocked out and she had to be crawl out the back window of the SUV that they were in. And she got taken to the hospital in the ambulance with a neck brace on and everything. Now, Maybe if it, mm-hmm. if her life were on the line, I would have had some weird cosmic vibe. But no, I, it, it hasn't happened before. But I, I do think it might be, be a possibility. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I love her. So I feel like she is the other half. So if something mm-hmm. terrible were to happen to either one of us, I hope that we would know. But we haven't experienced it yet. Thank God, probably. Yes. Yes. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> it's a, it might be a mystery I don't want the answer. Yeah, to. right. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, this book is a lot about the relationship between Elizabeth and Jessica. And we start with just a normal dinner scene at the Wakefields. And and things just seem a little off right off the bat. We find out Stephen has dropped out of school. 
because he's struggling with his grief over his girlfriend, Trisha, who has recently and tragically passed away. Which is understandable. Yeah. So, I mean, it was sad. You're you're kind of going, oh, this poor guy. But I was kind of taking the viewpoint of Elizabeth going, okay, you got to get past it now. Like, let's. <laughs> but, but yes, that's where we started the book. And I thought, oh, poor Steve. All right. Pull, pull your bootstraps up and let's move on. Yeah. And that's like what <laughs> Elizabeth and Jessica like want him to do. So yeah. Elizabeth is like, Jessica, why don't you ask him to go to the party with you? Oh, because you don't have a date. And Jessica's like, okay, I'll ask. And so she brings it up at dinner. And Stephen, he just snaps at her. And yeah. why can't you just stop trying to manipulate all our lives, he says. Yeah. And it's, it's a valid reaction considering it is. the past it is a valid, behavior. Yes. I, I totally get it. I get that. But it's like, okay, Liz, it was your idea. Just ask. I know. Well, and yeah. then the thing is, then she does say, oh, it was my idea. I, I just wanted you to get out of the house. Yeah, and I then wanted to kind of help you. Yes. And, this is, and that's after the parents have also snapped at Jessica yes. and been like, you shouldn't have brought this up right now. And then when Elizabeth says, oh, no, this was what we were thinking. The parents were like, oh, OK, oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> we see what you're saying. Yeah. Like, come, come on. Yeah. And, and this kind of just is the start of just Jessica feeling completely misunderstood and yes. not well, taken like seriously. Totally. Yes. second fiddle. Like Elizabeth does everything right and mm-hmm. nothing I do is right ever <laughs> right or and so, also too i thought oh you know the family's kind of assuming jessica's motives are not good not pure right, yes exactly and so. i was thinking well has jessica given them reasons to kind of trust that her motives are good no like <laughs> let's be honest like, so I'm like a laundry list of reasons we can ex- we can expect for everybody to go mm, jessica's she's got a second ulterior motives here it's never for somebody else it's always what is jessica gonna get out of this i know (laughs) so So the next scene i think she goes to the dairy burger with kara and they're just hanging Mm -hmm. out and then there's kind of a commotion at the door and a rough crowd comes in and and this guy this new character that we've never met before nikki shepherd comes in and i have this description um yeah nikki was wild that was for sure he spent a lot of time with the crowd from the shady lady and drove a fast car there was also rumors about drugs but there was something about him that fascinated jessica he was very good looking in a rugged way he wore his blonde hair a little long and he had pale blue eyes. His mm-hmm. eyes were his most unusual feature. They were soft and sensitive looking in sharp contrast to the rest of his face. So it's funny because they they didn't make him out to be bad, yeah. but they didn't make him out to be good. So, but of course they made him out to be good looking. So you're always oh, like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> because I mean, as long as you're good looking, like then Jessica doesn't care what crowd you're with because yeah. you're good looking. You're right? always she, intriguing. You're like, yes, Ooh. yeah. I wasn't sure where they were going to go with him, but I was like, oh, this is interesting because he's not a bad boy. He's yeah, no, I agree. Basically, Kara yeah. and Jessica are sitting at the Dairy Burger. Nikki walks in, and this thing happens where when I was reading this, I was so just, cute. I'm like, so does cute. this ever happen in real life? Where? Right. <laughs> Where it's like they kind of make eye contact and they're kind of looking away. And then the next thing you know, he just he just walks up to the table. Yeah, like, come on. Come, especially because like, you're not in the same crowd. You don't <laughs> have the same people. You know, 16-year-old kids today are not going to glance across the table and, and a kid's going to have the courage to walk up and be like, you smiled at me. And you're like, oh, yeah, obviously you want me to come over here. The power of Jessica. She, she could just lure so people alluring. to her. 
Yes. <laughs> the first line that I was curious about was his opening line, which was, you're one of the Wakefield clones, aren't you? And then oh, yes. Jessica says, oh. I don't care for that word. So I wanted to ask you, is oh, that an yes, offensive word for a twin? That's an offensive word. Yes, that's almost as bad as being called twin. Okay. Like, uh, freshman, sophomore year of high school, and we'd be on the field hockey field, and we would be wearing our jerseys, which only said our last name, and we mm-hmm. had the same last name, but we had different numbers. But in the, we'd be in the middle of the game, and instead of knowing which one was which or taking the time to remember which one was which, it was twin, twin, yeah, constantly being called twin. And I, on a somewhat different levels, so my parents, they'd say, oh, well, the twins are at having friends over, or oh, well, the twins are going here. And we used to tell them all the time, stop calling us twins. And I don't know why twin was such a bad word back then, but it was like, we so badly wanted to be different people. Yeah. So to be constantly clumped together, we were like, can you just say Kelly and Courtney? Or can you just say they, or I mean, anything was better than twin or the twins. It's like nails on a chalkboard to be called twin. So clone also the same. Yeah. Well, it bothered Jessica. So I yeah, mean. <laughs> totally get it. Just with you girl, but she still <laughs> was intrigued by Nikki and oh, the ne- blonde hair, blue eyes, wild child. Who wouldn't I mean. be? <laughs> and so then the next big thing is, is we go to, to Kara's party and Steven does end up going um, yep. and he's miserable at the party. And yep. Jessica's also Starts miserable, miserable too. because yep. everyone is raving about how good Elizabeth is. Like Todd was raving about her. Uh, Caroline Pierce was like, your sister's so she amazing. So great. So great. Yeah. Yes. And when you're already in a mood of yes. like, Ugh, you don't want to hear how great somebody else is when you're at a party by yourself. Like yep. you won't want to hear how great your sister is when she's there with her boyfriend and everybody loves her and you're there alone and your friends are busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. She has this really funny monologue where she's just like, oh, well, Jessica muttered to herself, <laughs> Elizabeth Wakefield, savior of the world, defender of the oppressed, strikes again. <laughs> well, I loved that. It was hilarious. I'm like, girl, I get you. I know. And this is where I was kind of thinking about the comparing and the struggling with your twin. Was there yeah. kind of a comparison that you would, you guys would have with each other? Yeah. So in high school, she was on the yearbook committee and did all these other things in high school. And I go straight to high school because that's what relates to these books the most. So she had friends who were cheerleaders or she had friends on yearbook committees. And so I was like, okay, so she's kind of like the social one, but, but it's because she's so nice. Like everybody loves her. Mm. I never grew out of not having a filter. So yeah. I just saw a lot of people. So, <laughs> but at one point, we made it to senior year and it was, I don't know if in your high school, they did the senior superlatives where everybody got voted on something where it was Ooh. who's most talented, who's most likely to succeed, who's most likely to do this or yeah, that. Maybe we did that. And I, when I was in school, I was in the choir and I was in the talent shows and I did the school plays and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So when superlatives were being voted on, I was like, Oh, I hope I get most talented because mm-hmm. I like to sing and do all that. And when the votes came out and it was, oh, most talented is Kelly and Courtney. It wasn't oh. just me. Oh. It was Kelly and Courtney. And I was like, oh my. I was heartbroken. Oh my I was so, gosh. I was so frustrated. Wow. 
That is crazy because it that broke my heart. That seems so wrong of your <laughs> school. Terrible. That is right. And I I didn't want to take it away from Courtney because I'm like, it's still an honor that she got. Like, good for her, whatever. And Courtney wasn't in choir. She didn't, she wasn't in the play. She did a couple talent shows. But like when you take the big picture stuff, people couldn't separate us. Because it's like they thought, oh, it's not fair to give that to Kelly and not give it to Courtney. Wow. Yes. So that's just, it doesn't really answer the question. No, but that's. When it comes down to comparisons. Yes. Some people don't even make them because they just clump you together all the time. Interesting. Yeah. That is. Very weird dynamic. Wow. So you've got two classes of people. You've got the comparison people. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the people that don't compare you because they just put you in the same box all the time. Gosh. Yeah. Oof, that is so fascinating to me. And I can see why Jessica would be fed up at this party. And so yeah. she like, she's like, I got to get out of here. I got to go and be alone. And she goes to this bathhouse, which Best house, which to me sounds so weird when they called it a bathhouse. I thought, what's a bathhouse? I know. We're... That's like old Roman times. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what to say. I know. I was like, but it sounds like it's just a place where people pool change. House. Yeah, yeah. Pool house, pool house. <laughs> Like it's it's the twentieth century when these books were written. This is not old Roman times. <laughs> My favorite moment was when she she walks to the bathhouse. It's dark in there, and she's just like taking a moment. All of a sudden, this voice is just like. I didn't expect anyone to be here. I would have screamed and, my head off. Honest to God, right? Startled, freaked out, maybe peed your pants. I don't know. But my question, I didn't go there. My first question is, <laughs> what is the wild child doing at the, at Kara's party? Good like, point. Good why point. Why is he there? And why is he out in this bathhouse all by himself? Like, you think somebody who's not in with that crowd just wouldn't have gone. Yeah, why would he even go? But he did follow the character by being out by himself. Yeah, and they kind of connect around being alone or wanting to be alone. Their conversation, see, this is where I think the timing for Nikki and Jessica to meet and to actually have conversation, it was prime time for Jessica to yes. kind of be pushed over her edge. Yeah. Because he was living that line she was starting to walk of nobody cares about me. Everybody else is more important. Yep. I think that you're so right. You know, she felt comfortable really expressing these feelings to him because he was feeling the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. So they end up kissing in the, in the bathhouse. (laughs) Which to me, like, okay, how many kids are in this high school that every book, there's a different boyfriend and a different opportunity. Like I kissed two people in high school. Right. <laughs> like and she's kissing. I mean, I could name 10, 12 different people. Yeah. She's already kissed book 21. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought, oh, here we go. <laughs> I know. It's like he was there in this moment for her and she was just like looking to to connect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, it just felt like too that Jessica was just in a very sensitive frame of mind this whole time where it's one of those things where if you were in a different place, you might have just let things rub off her back. But in this case, anything yeah. that was said, she would just it kind of reached her breaking point. Yes. And yes. and I think when you get into a mental state of, okay, you know, normally this isn't a big deal, but it's starting to pile on. And I think when you get to that point, the smallest things seem huge. Yes. And I think that's probably the point she had gotten to. Yeah. She says... The whole problem, Jessica thought, was that her family thought Elizabeth was so much better than she was, but I can change. 
maybe if I could show them that I'm turning over a new leaf. I felt bad because she felt like she has had to change to get her family to yeah to notice her you know yeah I understood that that specific feeling because so Courtney generally always made better grades than I did Mm -hmm. we were both smart we were both honor student kids like we were good kids but she excelled at at testing and and her grades and her uh, all of it was just slightly better than mine. Yeah. And so she would make the honor roll and I might've had a C. And Mm -hmm. so it was so frustrating because then my dad would be like, well, you know, Courtney got it. Like, you know, you're, Mm. you only had one C, you got to work a little harder. So it was that kind of thing. So, and then she always, she was an artist. So like she started Mm. drawing at such a young age and it was, oh, Courtney's such a great artist, Courtney. So they put her in art classes and they really fed these talents that she showed and I didn't show them, I guess, to the same degree. Yeah. So, you know, so when your parents start nitpicking or really focusing on the things that one does better than the other, yeah. then you feel really small. And that's kind of what happens here at this dinner because Ned is talking about a court case that he is trying with one of their classmates, Ricky, Ricky Caputo. Ricky's mom won't let the kids see their own grandparents. Yes, because the dad has left and she right. she is mad and she's not getting any alimony. it out on his parents. Yes. <laughs> so this case, Ned is the grandparents' lawyer. Yes. And he's talking about how this case is really hard. And he's like, what do you guys think? You know, at first I was like, wait, is what about attorney co- client privilege? I the same thing. And, like, <laughs> and not to mention, Elizabeth's like, oh, I'm, I can write an article for the news on this. And it's like, Where's your soul? It's like a classmate of theirs. It's like, would you want your drama just spread all over the news? Yes. And she's supposed to be the good one. Uh, And she's supposed to be the sensitive one. And how did that not cross her mind? I thought, and actually it's funny because I put that note in my phone. It says Ricky Capaldo article written by Liz. I was thinking how crappy for her to take it upon herself to write a story after Ricky asked her not to write yeah, it. Yeah, Ricky said, can you not write this story? Yeah, and it's like, what's the matter with you? You're so dim to not realize that this is way not your business. Like, Absolutely. And at first I thought it was for the Oracle, but it was for like the same. Sweet Valley yeah, news. it was like the actual news. Yeah, I had and to I go thought, like back and look at that. I was like, wait, which, what is happening? <laughs> which I thought, wow, Sweet Valley life must be really simple if the news is going to be somebody's family court. <laughs> Like, and they're hiring a 16 year old to cover it right the story i'm like man i want to live in sweet valley even more now so then when when ned is like how's the article going and elizabeth's like i don't know ricky doesn't want me to do it it seems personal the dad says well i think with any good story you're going to step on some toes her father offered you just have to ask yourself if the pain you cause some people is greater than the enlightenment you give others it's my head what? exploded. What? Loaded. And then what's worse is so you think she's coming around. You think after talking to Ricky and realizing that it's, Ricky doesn't want that and it's hurting his family and his feelings and whatever. And you think she's going to come around and be like, yeah, you're right. This is none of my business. And yeah. I wouldn't want my personal business broadcast in the news, blah, blah, blah. But the minute her dad says that, all of a sudden she's back on board. Yes. <laughs> like, like all of Ricky's feelings and everything he said to her and the look that she saw in his eyes. Yes was not enough. I mean, what's the enlightenment that this article yeah. is giving other people? It's not a precedent-setting court case. That's like, a- <laughs> enlightenment is nothing here because 
no one stands to gain anything from the ruling in this case. Right. Oh, I was so mad. And, and, and that was the reminder in this book that everybody can think Elizabeth is perfect and everybody mm-hmm. can think she does everything right. But you are kind of an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this complicated family situation. I'm like, Liz is, it's just like, Liz, get out of here. Get out of here. Like you, you get away with so much because it always falls in your favor. Yeah. Always. So maybe Liz just has this skewed sense of self where, mm-hmm. well, I can say and do anything because ultimately I'm being drawn to this point. She butts in a lot. It's like she she's constantly butting in. And she has good intentions. And yeah. it's probably because she is a good person and she's probably a better person than Jessica. Let's be real. Yes. But it doesn't give you the authority to put yourself above everybody. Right. Right. I don't don't know. I agree. That's probably why I resonated with Jessica, because to me, I don't like perfect people Mm, and mm -hmm. I don't like people who think they're perfect without thinking they're perfect. Right. Because I feel like Elizabeth deep down, I'm sure she, I don't think she outwardly expects people to think she's the best. Yeah. But I think she's been groomed deep down inside to think she's the best. Yeah. And like, so back to this dinner and he's telling him about the court case. Jessica kind of chimes in as like, oh, they should be able to see their grandparents. And Ned's like, oh, I don't think the judge is going to like that. And then Elizabeth chimes in and is like, it's classic Elizabeth. She's just like, I think that we're missing the point here. Who is suffering is the children. It's the children. Yeah. Like all of a sudden she's Mother Teresa. Yeah. And and the dad's just like, Oh, really? (laughs) Oh, I think if I could get the judge to look that way, maybe that the children are actually suffering here. And then imagine being Jessica watching this whole conversation happen and going, what? Wait for Elizabeth to say something and then your entire perspective changes. Yep. Yep. And then he's like, would you like to come to the courtroom? I'd love to have you there so you can see what it's like. And by the way, sorry, Jessica has cooked the entire meal yeah, the for that dinner. dinner. Yeah. <laughs> so just as like trying to be the good twin. Just, and then the dad like completely ignores her. Now I did have mixed feelings about the fact that she was witnessing this happen because yes, please. I understand sitting back and not only watching Ned's perspective change all because Elizabeth brought up a, a good point, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so watching that unfold is probably not easy, especially when you're already feeling resentment towards Elizabeth because everybody loves Elizabeth mm-hmm. and you can do nothing right. So, but he knows Jessica well enough to know Jessica has no interest in going to court with him. Yep. Any other day had just not been wallowing in her own self-pity. If her dad had said, come to the courtroom with me and see this play out or whatever, mm-hmm. Jessica would have been like, uh, no, I'm going swimming or I'm going shopping or I'm do- whatever. Yes. Like zero interest. So she's throwing herself a pity party, but she's the only one invited to the pity party. I wanted to bring this up because when you were mentioning the art classes and yeah. not... Is that nobody so- asked me if I wanted to be in an art class? Okay, like, so it was like asked. the not even asking. It yes, was like the was just, just assuming. Yeah. Okay. It was the assumption that well, Kelly hasn't shown the same interest or even the same talent for it, mm-hmm. so we're not going to go down that road. Yeah, and it's like that thing where she's going to 
pick up on anything that seems like it's a slight yes. to her, yes. you know. Every little thing is yes. going to seem so much bigger. And it's just going to, one more thing to add to the list. Exactly. All and, the reasons they don't love me. This is all the reasons Elizabeth is the favorite. Yep. And then Nikki's just swooping in right now at yes. the perfect time. And yes. and they go out together and, and he's saying that she's so special and unique and smart and giving her things that she feels like she's not getting from her family right now. I was going to say, she's hearing everything that she's seeing from anybody else. Yes. You're so unique. You're so special. And right now, Elizabeth is the unique one. She's the special one. So Mm -hmm. he's giving her everything nobody else is giving her. Yeah. And his family situation is that his dad works a lot and his mom is busy taking care of his handicapped brother. So he feels kind of like not significant in his family. Yeah. Um, He's second fiddle. Everybody else is prioritized over him. And so he, he shares that he's going to San Francisco. He's going to run away. His friend is starting a business, which I'm like, what kind of business? They never say, I I wanted to know so bad. your friend because you're like 16 or 17 like, and it's a I tech startup right I was gonna say okay Silicon Valley in the 80s he's like I know this guy named Steve Jobs and I think it could be something so he's, he's working out of his garage right now but it's gonna be big I, yeah. I really feel confident Jessica's like, but no, what thought, are like you you're a about? teenager you're in high school what business are you I just thought that was hilarious and I, okay and honestly that brings me to a point reading these books that you forget you're reading about high schoolers yes like some of it is so grown up and yes like, and then you you're brought back into your oh oh I forgot like I'm mid 30s so I'm taking this to a whole different level and it's like how did young adults read this and go oh that's so realistic she's like oh yeah, yeah they would have a beautiful little apartment that overlooked the bay they would have interesting right. friends and Nikki would right. be a successful businessman oh, dreams <laughs> were huge because he's he does say like oh you should come with me you know yeah and she's like I could never do that I could never yeah. do that And she's like, okay, I'm going to talk to my parents. I need to talk to them. And this is where I really was feeling for Jessica at this point. She's trying to give them a chance. Yes. To not make her want to go. Yes. Because right now she's like, I could go either way, but I don't want to leave. So I'm going to talk to my parents and and give them the opportunity to remind me why I don't want to go. Yes. And she comes up with this great, she was practicing the speech. In the mirror. I know. And it's. You know how important that is to somebody if you're going to stand in front of a mirror and Practice. I know. And it's so well said. It's like, mom, dad, I want you to know I'm tired of the way things have been around here. I know I've been the cause of a lot of trouble and I'm willing to try hard to be a better person, but you've got to help me. You have to stop thinking of me as the old Jessica and give me a chance to change. Yes. Oh. And I mean, and here she even practiced what she was attempting to preach. Like she was cooking the dinner. Yes. She cleaned up dishes afterwards. She, yes. You know, like, she was showing before even feeling the need to mention it. She was attempting in her actions to show that she was better. That yes. she was making an effort because she is as good as Elizabeth. And mm-hmm. that's what I think is sad is she tried to show it before she even started thinking, okay, they're not picking up on it. I'm going to have to have this conversation. Yeah. She was really kind of positive about it. She's like, all right, I'm going to go down and talk to mom and dad. And then it's like, then the mom had to go to a meeting. And she's like, okay, no, that's okay. I'm going to I'm gonna start with dad now. And then he goes off somewhere. I don't even know where he goes. And and then Elizabeth comes on. She's like, oh, I'll start with Elizabeth. And then Elizabeth, like, and then Elizabeth has to go to know. talk to her editor of the... I'm thinking, was that the same conversation where Elizabeth could tell that Jessica was crying? Or yes. That this- 
And then, so she tried to get Jessica to talk about it. Yes. And it was like, no, it's fine. You don't want to be late. Go whatever. And it's like, so Elizabeth saw yes. this and, and, and Elizabeth being Jessica's twin. Yes. No severity of that emotion in Jessica. Yeah. Jessica didn't cry very often. Still chose to leave. Yes. So if you're in Jessica's shoes and your parents have already left, not wanting to hear what you have to say right now. Now, granted, you can see it from both sides and go, okay, well, they didn't just shut her down. They just had somewhere to be. Yes. But when you're Elizabeth, when you're her twin and you see that and you still say, are you sure it can wait until later? And Jessica yes. says, yes, there's no, are you sure? Okay. I mean, I like to think that if I, with my twin sister, if, if something were bothering her that, and I could tell it was serious and which they've alluded that Elizabeth knew Elizabeth could tell that it yes. was serious and she yes. put it on the back burner. Yeah. I'd like to think if that were me, like I would have just said it can wait. Yeah. Like I'll run late to the meeting or we'll have to right. or whatever. Right. So after this, I think she just yeah. feels like she needs to do something. She's been trying these different things. Like you're right. Actions verbally saying something and she's like well I'm I gotta go like th- I'm yeah. gonna run away now this is what I'm like, gonna there's do there's nothing I can do now they're not even making me a priority she writes a letter to Liz yeah. and I mean this letter is I mean I almost got a little teary when I read this letter it's just it's a heart pr- I mean it's it's uh, <laughs> Kelly's like, yeah. laughing at me yeah. right now <laughs> no because I get that. No, I totally sympathize with the emotion because it is sad. But as soon as you mentioned the letter, my brain went to the PS and I thought, I, I know. Okay. Yes, I know. So, that so was, the whole time you're, you're feeling emotional. So you're good. Like, oh, poor Jessica. And then, and then real Jessica comes out at yep. the end. I know it, it was actually, it was kind of perfect. So yeah, there's this beautiful letter. I won't read the whole letter, but oh, it's sweet. just like, yeah. I'm sorry if my leaving caused you all a lot of pain. It will be better for all of us in the long run. This isn't your fault. Make sure you tell mom and dad I love them. She mentions the bus station, which is significant. Yeah, purposefully. Not purposely. Yeah. She's like, I'll be thinking a lot about you all as I take the bus to my new home. And then she's like, blah, 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 yada, yada. Don't try to find me. Still your <laughs> loving sister, Jessica. And then she's like, wipes her tears away. And then she's like, oh, wait, one more oh. thing. P.S. I'm leaving you my new jeans. I think they make me look fat anyway. <laughs> I thought, okay, no. To the identical twin. <laughs> there. She's still, right. The identical twin. I mean, the same sizes. So it's a, it's, they make you look fat. So you don't, they're going to make Elizabeth look skinny. Right? Yeah, I know. Come on. It's, and then, so that was pretty great. And then we find out a couple pages later, Jessica's honest with herself. And she's deep down, Jessica knew the real reason for writing the letter. <clears throat> she wanted her family to come and find her. She didn't really want to leave. That was why she had included the reference to the bus. Yeah. Most likely Elizabeth would come home, find the letter, and um, everything would be different then. Then they'd all take her seriously. So this is a cry for help, you it know. Is. And she knew she's deep down. She knew doing. she knew she was not a hundred percent on board with them. Yeah. And then like this is a real moment at the end where she gets all her stuff together and then she leaves and she slams her door and then the letter letter falls falls behind behind the dresser. dresser. (laughs) I was like, I I know I thought the same thing. I thought, okay, like you wrote this with the specific purpose of giving them the hint of where you were so they could come find you so so that they would prove to you what you know deep down because she knows they love her she does she She does and and she planted that seed purposefully so that they would know where to find her so she could be reassured that yes 
as a matter of fact, we will drop everything and come get you because you are that important to us. And then that seed you planted is just gone. I know. Like, then, no, this, this, uh, just leave it. I know. Uh, I did think it was funny how they realized that something was wrong. The room was clean. The room was clean. <laughs> and Elizabeth, like, she, like, screamed. <laughs> and it, and the, the best part was it wasn't even that the room was clean. It was that her clothes were gone. <laughs> So the room had to be clean. Yeah, there was literally nothing in the room. <laughs> as soon as she opened the closet, it was like, oh, her room's not clean. Her stuff is gone. Like, nothing she's in gone. The- <laughs> no, it was funny. And so then they're like, oh my gosh, Jessica's gone. And then this last like maybe 10, 15, 20 pages were actually pretty yeah. tense. I got to say. I, know. I thought the same thing. Like, like you knew that it was going to end well. Yes. But you're still going, oh my God, is the bus going to keep going? Because Jessica was at that bus station and, you know, she's like, she bought the ticket and she's just waiting one bus after another keeps leaving and she's just like, where are they? On that note, I'm actually surprised she got on the last bus. Me too. I thought she would have caved and been like, well, I'll just stay here until they come get me. Like, I tried to put myself in her shoes and I mean... Jessica had some balls to actually leave and go to San Francisco. Yeah. Like, good for her. I I mean, she actually got to a point where she was like, okay, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Well, (laughs) and she, because she thought that they had read the note and were like, ah, screw it. Uh, Like, ah, just let her go. That's great. So much easier. (laughs) Thank God. Oh, I know. So she, yeah, she's thinking. Yeah. So she's like, okay, I guess I'll just go I guess, on this I guess bus. I'll go to San Francisco. Yeah. And then, okay, so how cute though that she wound up writing the letter to Nikki to say that was know. nice. So like after the the family get reunited yeah. and they, you know, they bring Jessica home because they get her at another stop and they bring her home. And, yeah. And yeah, she writes a letter to Nikki that says, I don't know, I'm sure I have it in here somewhere. It was very, it was very sweet. Yeah, she signed it with all my love. Yes, she's like, you probably guess now. I'm not coming. I'm sorry for what happened between you and your family. I wish I could make things better. I hope you won't hate me. It's like, you're a good person. And I like that because it's like, Nikki, he is a good person. He's not like this bad boy who was like really trying to corrupt her, I don't think. It's not like he was trying to lure her away. Like he wasn't out to hurt her or whatever. It was nice that she gave him the closure. Although I will say, I think it's weird that like a 16 year old just up and left and like his, even his family was like, well, okay. yeah, they were like, we don't know where he is. I don't know. And, yeah. And then say, well, we just know he's not coming back. Well, so you're not going to go get him. That's terrible. And the sad part is, I mean, I know there are families like that, so, yeah. I mean, I, but that made me sad. I thought, so you pick your asthma ridden child and that's who all your focus goes to. And poor Nikki goes to San Francisco and, you know, probably internally, he's hoping for the same thing Jess was hoping for, which was that his family might go get him. Wow. Right? Yeah. That 16, 17-year-old kid doesn't want their family to prove them wrong. Yeah. No. Nope. he is living it up in San Francisco. So yep. that, I will say, at the end of the book, I thought, okay, at least Jessica got what she knew was there. So she was, it confirmed it for her that her family loved her. Yes. And it confirmed it for Nikki that his family didn't. Oh, I don't mean to. I don't mean to take it to that. Wow, that's dark. That's dark. (laughs) I thought, no wonder, no wonder he left. Like, shoot, I would have been gone too because. Well, right. Nikki's gonna do fine as the one of the the founding Microsoft members. jobs now so he's fine yeah I, I appreciated that I thought that was an interesting relationship between Jessica and Nikki because it was it was like one of those relationships where sometimes people come into your life at a certain time 
Yes. And you connect over a certain thing. And then it's just sometimes you just split up. But it's like the, in, in that one moment, they were kind of meant to be in this yeah. moment together. Like your paths cross like the universe. Yes. That path on purpose when you needed it. Yes. Yes, I agree completely. Yeah. Yeah. So Kelly, what lesson did you come away from this book with? So we obviously talked about the universe bringing you down a certain path at a certain time. Mm-hmm. But when that happens, you can't let other people's, I guess, their darkness affect your darkness. Like mm. she was all right. She was Jessica was already feeling inferior mm-hmm. to Elizabeth. And then as soon as Nikki came along talking about his family, not caring about him, that just drilled that idea into Jessica's mm-hmm. head. So it's like, but everybody's situations are different. Like yeah. Nikki felt the way he felt because his family dynamic is 100% different than Jessica's, yes. but she let that cast this dark shadow over an already negative feeling. Yes. So it's like misery loves company, right? Uh-huh. So we cannot do like, that's the message is you can't mm. let other people's burdens make your burden even heavier mm-hmm. with their baggage. Right. right. I think it's a lesson learned that when you do cross paths with somebody who's going through a struggle similar to yours, it doesn't, it doesn't magnify your problems. Your mm. problems don't become their problems. Right. Or their problems right. don't become your problems. And yeah. She did that. She, she reflected Nikki's issues onto her issues, mm-hmm. which were totally false. Right. right. Yep. So that's no. kind of what I took from that. That's, I like that a lot. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and mine's sort of similar. It was it was sort of about, like, at the end, they talk about how after they got back from the bus station and the family all got, like, sat together, they had this thing where it said, like, Jessica's finally been able to sit down with her family and talk about all the things that have been bothering her. Everyone got into the discussion, and at the end, the relationship between Jessica and her family was stronger than it had ever been. And, I mean, Jessica was clearly going through something. She was definitely was having some feelings, and a lot of the time she was dealing with those kind of on her own. And it, the hard thing is I don't fault her too much because she was trying to talk to her parents about it. Yeah. But I think there are also opportunities when she could have been like, you know, Lila had asked her, is something wrong? Because people were noticing that things were wrong. And so I think she yeah. just kept on kind of brushing them off. And and I think just to have said it to someone would have helped. And I know she said it to Nikki, but you're right. In that case, it, yeah. it's not like offering a counterpoint to that. It's right. It, yeah. It's you're, you're weighing each other down. I, it's, yes. So it's like company negativity multiplies negativity, right? Yeah. So, if you're feeling something, it's good to l- at least let one other person know that you're feeling. Yes, exactly. I felt the you same know? way. Yeah. So yeah. Cause she was going through a lot and, and uh, I actually, I really did feel for Jessica in this book. Yeah, in a book like this one, I felt for Jessica because I, I've kind of lived it. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and you could talk to Courtney and she may tell you the same thing. She may say, well, I've lived that too. There are a lot of things, you know, I thought Kelly did better or whatever. I mean, coming from me, I don't think that's the case. But, <laughs> you know, she may tell you and I wouldn't know because we didn't talk about it. Yeah, but yeah. there may have been times where she felt like inferior to me the same way I felt inferior to her in other people's eyes. So, but that may have been what planted the seed with why I resonated with Jessica because she kind of was the underdog mm-hmm. compared to. Mm. Now, granted, she brings a lot of that on herself, right? She's yeah. kind of a, she's a, a little bit wild in her own right. And she likes drama and she is boy crazy and whatever. Yeah. But nobody deserves to feel lesser than yeah. because of their twin. You right. know what I mean? 
So, right. So. Man, I think you were the perfect person to talk about this book, oh, Kelly. I mean, really, Thanks. you had so many great insights. And Aww. yeah, I'm so happy that you... Uh, I'm so glad for, I even found your podcast. I and thank thrilled. you for, for asking me to be on it. I love it. I'm so excited. And it just has reignited my need to pick up the rest of these books and get to them. But yeah, so thank you for asking Oh my me. gosh, seriously. Uh, let me just read one thing real quick before we go. Okay. Um, yeah. Please subscribe to the Lessons from Sweet Valley podcast on iTunes and leave us a rating or review. This helps other people out there find the podcast. Also, please like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram to get updates and more information about episodes when they're released. Thanks again and see you for book 22, Too Much in Love.